The younger you are, the less you plan to die. That is until now, living with COVID-19. Can you believe it? The pandemic seems to be leading younger people to start buying life insurance. It's an old question. Do I even need life insurance? Applications for life insurance jumped 4% last year, and most of those applications were for people under the age of 45. My parents bought life insurance, whole life, which earned a little interest. In my generation, the shift had begun. Buy term life and get a lot more coverage for a much lower payment. There is, of course, the myriad of in-between policies one can buy. High death payout, but an array of options to earn a bit of interest. Should a Christian buy life insurance? I see nothing wrong, especially if there's young family involved. What's more important? Moving from a sentence of death to life eternal when we meet Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a program series this week called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Here we are in the first week of February. And I can't say things are getting any better this new year. We face so many challenges in our world today. If we only look at North America, we're still facing social, economic, and political challenges aggravated by COVID-19. But look around this world, a military coup in Myanmar that's now hindering missionaries who are trying to feed the hungriest of the poor, and Christians from East Africa to West Africa facing daily persecution. Wars, famines, pestilence, where is God in our world today? Well, before you turn this program off because I'm sounding too depressing, allow me to offer you some hope. God is at work. And in our time together, we're going to see how even in our weakness, he shows himself to be strong. We're going to look at that scripture Paul wrote, and we'll also meet up with a nurse in Boston who has worked with COVID patients these last 10 months. She shed many tears, but she'll be here to share how Jesus has walked with her and her patients in this trying time. Yesterday on the program, we had Oxford professor John Lennox. If you missed that interview, please take some time to listen at haventoday.org after this program. But while we were chatting together, I asked him what hope we can find in a coronavirus world. If you're facing death from COVID, that would rock anybody. And therefore, mm-hmm. one needs to have something extremely solid to hold on to. And I believe that Christ offers that. He doesn't offer that the disease will be cured, but the gospel gives us something that actually transcends death and gives us what atheism can never give by definition, and that is ultimate hope. And Hmm. so for me, the way into this centers on two major historical events, the cross of Christ showing us that God understands suffering and his resurrection showing that Jesus has triumphed over death and therefore is still alive. And that changes everything. That's Dr. John Lennox, who wrote the book called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? John not only shows us how the Christian worldview helps us to make sense of our world today, but also offers us a sure and certain hope that we can find in Christ alone. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of this short little book for your gift to the ministry. Our number is 800 6 
800-65-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. You can also go online and read a few pages from the book. And after that, make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, if you wanted to, but just didn't get around to it, we still have copies of the Gospel of Luke DVD, including a feature film following the entire gospel, word for word, in either the NIV or KJV. It's yours for a gift to the ministry. And now let's get the program started. Here's Aaron Schust. Fear calls out and begs me to follow Worry whispers to I know them well, for often I've wandered from what I know is true. Tune my heart to hear you speak your promise over me. Fear out of the scripture. Fear not, Aaron Schust, opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris. Where is God in a coronavirus world? It's not just what we've called our series this week here on Haven Today. It's a question so many have asked and so many are asking right now. It's not a question that we're asking out of fear, though it's understandable that many are afraid. 
It's a question we're asking out of hope and anticipation. We know the Lord is at work, even though this past year has been so difficult. So we ask the question with our heart full of faith and our eyes open to see where the Lord is working. There's one place that has been hiding in plain sight, but it's a place that the Lord has touched and changed lives. I'm talking about the front line. Doctors and nurses who follow Christ are seeing him work in ways they never expected. And in just a moment, we're going to hear from a frontline nurse named Cassie, whose story is a powerful picture of how the Lord can work in deeply sorrowful circumstances. But first, I want to ask you a question. What has been your perspective throughout this past year? I've heard from so many Christians in the midst of this pandemic. I've heard anger. I've heard fear. I've heard people sorrowful. I'm not going to say that any of these responses is sinful. If the book of Psalms teaches us anything, it's that anger, fear, and sorrow are human emotions in a fallen world, and that the Lord doesn't look down on us for feeling a certain way. He loves us and meets us where we are, however we're feeling. If that's you, angry or fearful or even sad, you're in good company. The Lord knows what it's like to be angry. He knows what it's like to be afraid, and he knows sorrow. He meets us where we are, and he moves to help us through the power of his Spirit. That's what he can do right now. So I spoke with Cassie, a nurse from Boston, whose story is such a testament to what the Lord can do in all our lives right now. Cassie, welcome for the very first time to Haven Today. Thank you so much. I wanted to just, before we talk about the spiritual dimension of this, and and that's really what we're centering on on our program this week, tell me about life in a camper and being a nurse. Spill it out for us here. It hasn't been easy for you. Young mom, you're married, you homeschool. You became a full-time nurse, and you didn't sign up for that, did you? No, it was definitely a little bit of a reversal from my usual role as mostly mom and occasional nurse to mostly nurse and occasional mom on the evenings. It was different. I stayed in a camper for about two months with my, my mom taking care of my kids full-time during the day and my husband on the weekends and in the evenings, and thankfully God provided that that camper for us. So we had a place to kind of isolate when things were very uncertain. And I wasn't sure about the risk level at work. Um, at the time, we were taking care of patients on a lot of high pressure oxygenation and a lot of particles flying around. And we just really didn't know what our risk level was as practitioners at the hospital. It was back to the basics of real nursing care for me. I'm used to things being high tech, high medicine high acuity. And this was just very sick people who I couldn't do very much for and just be there to hold their hand, talk to them. They're very lonely. So a lot of praying together, a lot of, lot of crying together. Well, the life you've lived, of course, is something you would have never expected when you got married, never would have expected when you became a nurse. Do you hope it eases up soon? Yeah, I, I do. I really honestly didn't expect that the it would be at this level this far along. I kind of thought we would it would slow down some. Didn't really think it would be gone by a year, but 
I was hoping for a little bit of a slow and instead it's kind of been a, a steady trickle <laughs> when mm. it hasn't been full on. Um, right now we're back kind of almost to where we were in March. Mm. Somebody told me recently, and I've heard this from Christians who've had COVID, it's been a real time of spiritual awakening. It's easy to get down. It's easy to stay down. But it's been a time of spiritual awakening for them. What about you, Cassie? I 100% feel that. I've been a believer since I was eight. And I really got serious about the Lord when I was in my teens. And it's a very discouraging time. And I know that people are very like isolated feeling. But I honestly, those months that I was separated from my family in, the, in a, that sense of things, even though I was in the front yard, those months were just very intense closeness with the Lord. I felt the Lord very clearly protecting my family and spiritually protecting them, spiritually protecting me. And, you know, I have no illusions that I couldn't get sick and my family couldn't get sick, but just the closeness that the Lord provided for me to be everything provided, everything that my kids needed, everything that I needed to be a part of helping out during this thing was, was given to me. So I felt like the Lord was just near and close. And I just felt very grateful. I don't, I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. Cassie, let me give you a question that we ask everybody on this program. We are a Christian program. You've already told us you're a follower of Jesus. Through all of this year, and now today, almost a year into it, what does Jesus mean to you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a very hands-on person, and I'm a very relational person. I just am so thankful that Jesus is relational. He, he touched people. He healed people. To me, that's what has always been like precious about mm-hmm. God's word is this, this whole half of it that is just dedicated to Christ and how he moved among us and was human with us and felt that even though he was God and was willing to just feel our sorrows. And this is a very sorrowful time for me. I'm not, I'm not sad for myself or my situation at all. I love my job and I love my patients and I love my work, but it's a very sorrowful time to see people suffer at such a huge scale. I am very thankful for Christ as suffering with us. That has been probably my most comforting thing about Mm. Jesus this year. Mm. Cassie, thank you from Boston. And the Lord just keep giving you strength to do what you do and and share what you do with others. It's been, well, it's just been great having you on. And you've encouraged me and you've given me some soul care. Even (laughs) as a nurse clear across the country from where I am. Thank you so much for joining us and God bless you. Thank you, Charles. This is wonderful. That is a powerful story. Thank you, Cassie, for sharing what Jesus means to you. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today and a program called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Jesus has been meeting people in the midst of this pandemic. Cassie, who we just heard, has sacrificed a lot to serve her community. She lived in a trailer for months on end to be available to help patients in need. She has been serving on the front lines, but the Lord has been faithful. And it reminds me of a passage in Scripture. The Apostle Paul also lived on the front lines. 
No, he wasn't helping patients recover from physical sickness or or witnessing the Lord change lives in a hospital. They didn't have hospitals back then. He was a missionary, preaching the gospel of life wherever he went. But he did struggle. His life was difficult. In 2 Corinthians 11 and 12, he recounts his life of ministry. Let me share a little bit from chapter 11. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Well, that was Paul's life, exposed to death over and over again, witnessing those around him die, being threatened with death himself. He was on the front lines in his day, preaching the gospel of life, though he himself was surrounded by the darkness of death every day. Lack of sleep, lack of food, extreme sacrifice, all for the sake of serving others. Paul's ministry in life was a beautiful picture of love, wouldn't you say? Yet this was not the end of the story for Paul. He didn't share the details of his difficult life just to make us realize how bad it was for him. No, he wanted to magnify the Lord. Listen to some of his words found in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul shared his weakness, the hardships, the difficulties he faced. Not so we could praise him for his perseverance, but so we could praise the Lord for his grace that is made perfect in weakness. We are weak. We can be full of sorrow and downcast with frustration, but it's here where the Lord meets us. Paul knew, and it reminds us too, that the Lord Jesus went through hardships for us. He knew sorrow and grief, anger and pain, and even new danger. In fact, he didn't just risk his life. He was put to death. It is the weakness of Christ's death that gives us strength by faith. So we can rejoice in our weaknesses, not because they are weaknesses, but because through our weakness, the Lord meets us and gives us strength. His power is made perfect in weakness. Where is God in a coronavirus world? And the answer is becoming clear. He's where we hurt the most. He's present in our deepest pain. He's with us, caring for us, and leading us by the hand deeper into his love. That's where he is, and that's where we'll find the strength that we need. 
My dwelling place is God most high, my refuge and my fortress. When plague and pestilence draw nigh, I'm hidden in His presence. When terrors fall and arrows fly, His shield will be my safety. When stones across my pathway lie, on angels' wings I'm carried. My dwelling place is God Most High, a present help in danger. I rest secure in love's pure light beneath my master's favor. He freed me from the fowler's snare where sin and shame had bound me. Deceived, I'd made my refuge there till fearless he came for me. Wonderful. Did you hear those lines? My dwelling place is God most high, my refuge and my fortress. When plague and pestilence draw nigh, I'm hidden in his presence. The Gettys, and that was a blessing from them called my dwelling place. 
Over the last few months, I've had highs and lows related to the pandemic. I'm sure you could say the same. There were times when cases seemed to drop only to rise again. And then the good news about vaccines, only to see how slowly they're actually getting to people who need them. And lately, it seems like everyone I call has either had COVID or knows someone really sick with it. These are the hard times that can leave us wondering, where is the Lord in these challenging days? And I think that's why I was so blessed by the little book that Oxford professor John Lennox wrote to help answer this question and others. Dr. Lennox answers tough questions filled with profound biblical truth in his new book, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Throughout this quick and encouraging read, John will help you focus your eyes on Jesus, who's the only hope we really have. Why don't you call us right now? Make a gift to this listener-supported ministry, and we'll send you the book right away, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? And also, if you didn't but intended to, we still have the Gospel of Luke DVD. Word for word from either the NIV or the KJV, let us know if you didn't get it and want to get it, and we'll send it with our thanks for your gift. Here's the number to call right now, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and read a few pages from the book and make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It was the late, great author C.S. Lewis who once said that every single glimpse of sunlight through the thickest in the woods teaches us more about the Lord's love than any book. What did he mean? Light shines brightest by contrast, doesn't it? Flashlights do nothing at high noon. Lewis was simply expressing what any Christian already knows. In Paul's words, God who said, let light shine in the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light. The light of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We walked in darkness, the thicket of sin, but through it all, the Father's love in Christ breaks through. And what a joy it is to catch a glimmer. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.